Welcome to the Heroes Church Podcast. Our vision is to build Christ-centered communities of imperfect people for the city. Now, let's listen to Pastor Z as he shares the scripture message. Even prior to December, a lot of us are already thinking about gifts. Recently, we had what was traditionally a Western holiday extravaganza, but now has spilled through to us even because of our global connections. And that is the Black Friday sale. And then we have the Cyber Monday sale. And now when we start thinking about the holiday season, we think about the gifts. We think about the presents. We think about who's on our own naughty and nice lists. And when we think about gifts, we start thinking about how to wrap them. And when we wrap them, we cover these gifts. And that's why a lot of blogs today are all about unboxing. Now, when you unbox your next biggest gift, whatever it may be, especially if it's a gadget, one of the things that we can experience is to look at the manual, to look at the maker's notes, to look at how it is designed, what are its parts, what comes inside the box, what are the instructions to assemble, what are the instructions how to use, clean, troubleshoot. And so we have this manual, whether now you look at it digitally or whether you look at it as it comes fresh off the box, and we learn more about the product or the gift that we have. It's very important to unlocking the full potential of whatever it is that we have, to look at that standard that was presented to us. Likewise, when we talk about faith, when we talk about Christianity, it's good to learn more about the one. And in John 1, we will find at least three things that we learn about the coming of Jesus as presented in this chapter. Let's look at the first point. Christmas celebrates the beginning one. Christmas celebrates the beginning one. In the opening verses of John 1, it was written, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was fully God. The Word was with God in the beginning. As a pastor, whenever I deal with people, one of the things that I've seen is that when we converse, we talk about so many things. We talk about health. We talk about family. We talk about dating. We talk about money. We talk about hobbies. And then oftentimes when problems arise, we immediately jump into the problem. And as a pastor, one of the things that I find is my role is helping people see the value of our relationship with God to our lives. So whether it's a celebration, 
whether it's a challenge, whether there's a crisis, I seek to be able to journey with people to bring and expose the value and wealth of resources we have in God. But you know the challenge is, many times we have to work towards a pathway to arrive at that topic. And this is why I think John 1, verses 1 to 2, show us something very obvious, something very direct, yet something we have oftentimes neglected. That when it comes to the coming of Jesus, when it comes to celebrating Christmas, it's really about celebrating the one who has been at the beginning. You know what that means? It means if he was at the beginning, he was with God and was God, and he was where it all began, shouldn't that be the correct starting point of all things? But the tragedy is many times, and we'll go back to this later, God becomes the afterthought. God becomes the last resort. God becomes the secondary topic to our main ones. But John 1 is an encouragement that when we think about Christmas, that we think about God, we have to consider that He is the beginning. We should talk about Him. He should be the main event. He should be the primary cause. And that is why, though as boring as it sounds, this is why our practices as Christians make a difference. Simple things such as praying before meals, having your quiet time, your meditation, reading your scripture, spending time with God in prayer. These are seemingly ordinary, mundane things. And yet, these are pieces of the puzzle that reveal to us that we subscribe to this truth, that God, Jesus, is the ultimate part of our lives. He's the beginning. And so we begin everything with Him. Wake up, and we begin our day with Him. We eat, but we join together and pray in thanksgiving for Him. We celebrate things in our lives and we honor God by including Him in thanksgiving for our new house, new baby, you know, new job. And so that is the value, that is the reason why we do these things. It's not just merely religion. It's not, it's not just merely requirements. These are signs and practical manifestations of how we live out this truth. When we deal with money, when we deal with our bodies, when we deal with our minds, when we deal with our ideas, when we deal with our jobs, is God a priority? Is God a beginning factor? Or is He last? John 1 reminds us that the coming of Jesus is not just the coming of an ordinary person. 
The coming of Jesus is the coming of someone who has been there from the beginning of time. And he has come and he is fully divine and he has come to be with us. How important is God to you? How important is Jesus to you? How have you seen his value in your life? What practices do you do that reveal he is a priority? I hope this year we have had so many opportunities to reflect on this. But definitely, this is something I really want to inspire and challenge you to realize. In verse 3, it says, All things were created by Him, and apart from Him, not one thing has been created that was created. Jesus is the source. Jesus is the beginning. Jesus is the commander, the creator. And therefore, it is very important for us to get to know Him. And that is why every year we celebrate Christmas. Just like any Christmas story, it is incomplete without the tension. Just like we have the Grinch who has his issues, Scrooge who has his problems, and even Santa who has elves working inefficiently and sometimes naughtily, the Bible reveals that the coming of Jesus was not without its own tension. And John 1 tells us that Christmas expresses that the beginning one was rejected. He was rejected. In John 1.10, he was in the world and the world was created by him, but the world did not recognize him. He was the beginning. He was the source. He was the creator. Yet when he came to his own creation, the world did not recognize him. Why do you think this is the case? Why do you think Jesus was not recognized when he arrived? Do you know why? One obvious reason is that when Jesus came, he did not come according to our own standards. He did not come according to our own design. He did not come according to our own ideas of who the divine beginning is who the Creator is, who God is. And you know what that teaches us about the reality of our lives? Is that it is highly likely that you and I come with ideas of God, come with understanding of the divine, and we position ourselves to think we know, but we don't really know. That's why this is a good reminder to consider that during Christmas, yes, we celebrate the coming of Jesus, but it's not as easily taken as it should be because John 1.10 says, Jesus did come, but we didn't recognize him. This whole year, is it possible that Jesus has right there been with you, but you just didn't recognize him? That in these tough times this year, when you lost people you love, when you lost health, when you lost money, when you lost jobs, when you lost um, ideas, when you lost uh, encouragement, when you lost passion and love, is it possible 
that Jesus is right there with you in the situation. You don't feel him because you don't recognize him. You don't recognize his hand moving. You don't recognize that his ways are different than ours. John 1.10 already said this. He came to a world that did not recognize him. Brothers and sisters, maybe if you felt Jesus is not there, if you feel God is not there, maybe it's time to consider this coming year that we need to grow in knowing God more. We need to grow in seeing that His ways are not our ways and that even though we feel He's not there, we might just not recognize Him, but He's actually there. And in verse 11, it says, He came to what, his, what was His own, but His own people did not receive Him. What does this mean? He came to His own people, but was not received. This is not trying to decode something so complicated. It's as simple as it gets. When we have family coming over and we don't receive them, when we have loved ones coming over and we don't welcome them, when we have friends calling us and we don't pick up the phone, when we have people messaging us and we don't reply, that just means they're not a priority or we don't want to engage them. When we ghost people, when we ignore people, when we don't welcome people and give them the cold shoulder and treat them like there's a wall between us, it just reveals that they are not the priority. They are not desired in our lives. And that's the same with God. When Jesus was not received here on earth, it wasn't because he didn't deserve to be received. It's not because he didn't love us enough. It doesn't mean he wasn't powerful enough. He wasn't received because he was not the priority of his own people. Brothers and sisters, what are your priorities in life? What are the things you're invested in? What are the things that you seek and are focused on? What do you give yourself to? What are you passionate about? Is God part of that list? If he is, how high is he on that list? When God calls, do you answer? When God seeks to talk to you, do you meet with Him? When God has something for you to do, even though you don't want to do it, even though it doesn't agree with your uh, priorities, even if it challenges you out of your comfort zone, are you willing to listen? I like John 1 because it does give us the value of who Christ is, at the beginning, but it shows the reality of our sin. It shows the reality of our discontent. It goes, it, it brings out the reality of our depravity, of our um, idolatry, that there are things in our lives that we prioritize enough that sometimes we shut the door on God. And if we're truly honest, and if we're just willing to be vulnerable, if you're just willing to consider this, you'll know that it's true. If we lay down our spiritual pride, we'll know that it's true. We're not perfect. We do get blinded by some lights. And that's why it's very important for us to see this word and realize that God has come and he wasn't taken seriously. The hope is 
that Christmas offers redemption. Christmas offers a solution. Christmas offers hope through the beginning one. In verses 12 to 13, it says there, but, again, if you've been journeying with us through these past months, the word but is something we use to highlight transitions, transformation, changes in posture. And here we find a big but. But to all who have received him, to all who have believed in his name, he has given the right to become God's children, children not born by human parents or by human desire or a husband's decision, but by God. The big but here offers hope that though he was rejected, that though he was uh, not recognized, the plan did not change. That's why God is better than Santa. Jesus is better than your favorite hero. Remember, Santa has a naughty and nice list. You're on the naughty list, you don't get a good gift. But in God's eyes, we're all naughty. We don't deserve anything. We don't deserve a gift. We don't deserve His presence. We don't deserve His life. But because He loves us so much, because the design was to create us and be with us, even when we erred, even when we sinned, even though we rejected Him, even though we broke the contract, even though we didn't abide by the proper relationship standards, even when we didn't apply or connect and subscribe to the correct moral standards of the relationship that was required between God and His servants, He still found a way to embrace us, to make us His children. And that's something very important we discussed in our Romans book study, being a child of God is so important. The relationship between the father and his children is so important because that relationship shows that it's not a contractual business relationship, that God is not leaving us when we're down. God is not kicking us out when we're not up to par or not up to standard. God is always there and his eyes are on us because we're his children. And that is why this is possible. Because God, who was from the beginning, fully God, which we celebrate this Christmas, His coming, when He came to the world and the world did not recognize Him, the world did not receive Him, His original plan, His original will, His original desire did not change. He created us to love us. And even when we didn't deserve it, even though we failed it, Him, He continued to love us. And that's what John 1, 4-5 means. In Him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. And the light shines on in the darkness. But the darkness, our darkness, our imperfections, our ignorance, our rejection of Him, did not master it. What has made you gone far from God? Is it your busyness? Is it your guilt? Is it your shame? Is it the feeling that you don't deserve Him? 
Brother and sister, I want you to know that the Bible teaches us that no darkness that we have ever overpowers His light. And in Jesus, we don't merely have an operating manual. We don't merely have a paper or literature that tells us what life is about. We have a person who is the ultimate source of production of life. And if when we're connected to Him, we have what life is all about. We have what life is all about. 2020 has been a challenging year. It has tested us to learn what can easily be taken away by a virus, by a lost job, by a lost loved one, by a lost human connection. But the Bible teaches us that there is nothing that can separate us from the purpose and love of our Creator. And that is why I'd like to begin this series by introducing to you the beginning one. And how do we apply this? Well, we have to have the confidence of our relationship with this beginning one as his children. And therefore, when we have that confidence, we can point others to him. And we find this in John 1, 6-9. A man came, sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light, so that everyone might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify about the light, the true light who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. John became a reflector, became a pointer, became a director of people to the ultimate light. That will only happen if you receive him. That will only happen if you recognize him. That will only happen when you are connected with him. I pray that as we close the year, we can help you, we can help each other connect with God, connect with the ultimate light. As we learn more things about this beginning one, I pray that Jesus Christ truly becomes the most important one in our lives. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the beginning. You are the source of life. You are the ultimate beauty, need, and desire we could ever have in this world. Forgive us for the times we have fallen short for the times that we have prioritized other things, we have focused on other things, and we have neglected you. Forgive us when you are not the first priority. We're so sorry when other things, even good things, come into the picture and distract us from you. Lord, we pray that as this message encourage us that we are your children, we pray that we can reflect on what this means and what your love means 
on how you prioritized us, even to the point of the cross. And we pray, dear Lord, that as we look to you, we can draw encouragement, we can draw security, we can draw our identity, and ultimately point others into your direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.